Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we're super excited for another episode of Paratruth Radio. Uh, We announced last time that uh, we're going to be doing bi-weekly. And then come Halloween season, it's going to be weekly once again, which I'm super excited about, especially for the Halloween season. Uh, You know... I think everybody knows it's Eric's favorite holiday. It's my favorite holiday. Being in the paranormal, it's kind of hard for it to not to be our favorite holiday. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah. Um, for those of you that can't see us because we're only an audio podcast, uh, I'm rocking out the really old Paratruth logo. Um, and uh, Eric and I have talked about this a little bit that uh, we really do need some new merch for our fans. Um, But you can find this at the Paratruth store. Um, I am working on getting a new Lantern store up so we can link the two together um, and start getting some new merch out for the other podcasts that we have on New Lantern Media. So um, definitely check out that as soon as it's up and ready as well. I'll post it on our social medias. So uh, we've got a great episode for you. I, I, we actually have a guest today, and I want to get him on, and we can get into some other stuff towards the end. So, uh, Eric, why don't you introduce our guest for today? Sure thing. So, uh, today we do have Brian Byers joining us today. Uh, he is mainly an artist. He has illustrated many books and magazines and has even animated characters like Squidward from SpongeBob SquarePants, Curious George, Fisher Price, Little People, and Barbie. He is also a filmmaker and has won many awards for several short films uh, and has worked on some reality TV as well. In fact, he even created one from the ground up called My Five Wives, which I'm sure we'll hear about soon. And that was for TLC. Uh, He does live in Savannah, Georgia. So right there, that sounds cool, because obviously, as you all know, I lived there for about seven weeks this last summer. Uh, So wish I would have known him then. That would have been helpful. (laughs) Uh, So he's got a lot under his belt. But one of the things that we really want to talk to him, since this is, of course, Paratruth Radio, is his new sci-fi book that is coming out. I'm really interested in this and learning a little bit more about that sci-fi creation. Uh, So those of you who love sci-fi, who love aliens or anything within that genre, stay tuned. You're going to want to hear this. Uh, So let's go ahead to the line. So, Brian, welcome to Paratruth Radio. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks, Eric and uh, Justin. Uh, fantastic to uh, be with you guys today. Good, good. So, I mean, I, I read your bio. Justin actually emailed it to me not too long ago. Uh, he, it's funny because sometimes he'll bring me on the show, get me. He'll be like, hey, we got this guest this day. 
but I have no information of who the person is we're talking to until an hour <laughs> right. before. And I'm like, okay, this should be interesting. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, in your bio, I see you've done a lot. You're pretty much, you're just an artist. You're an artist. Uh, you've done a lot of work too. Um, I mean, what was it about art, I guess, that you just kind of gravitated to from the beginning? Well, at one point, um, I thought exactly what you're saying. You know, I, I'm an artist. I like to draw, I like to paint, I like to create but it took time uh, for me and the concept to mature. I'm a storyteller and I love telling stories and I'll do it with a photograph. I'll do it with a, a coloring book for kids. I'll do it with a, a poem or a song. Um, and I, you know, I, my mom has always said, you come from a long line of storytellers. Well, one day I did that little spit test, DNA spit test or whatever that you send off and, they tell you what your uh, your DNA is, like where you're from. And I'm like 70% Scott-Irish. And um, you trace that lineage back. You think about what the, you know, the Gaelics and the Celts and the Vikings all did. They sat around and they told stories. And they made stories. And then they told more stories. And that's, I guess that's where I get it from. It's addicting. So, um, yeah, I... I think I'm driven by something that is out of my control. I just like to tell stories. Cool. Not lies, stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a horrible liar. Oh, I mean, the funny thing about stories is it's lies with truth mixed in. Uh, that's, and I, I guess that's part of it right there. See, and I can't <laughs> lie about it. You're right. <laughs> it's enhanced. It's enhanced. It's enhanced. There you go. I like that. I'll, I'll have to use that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just enhancing the truth a little. It's funny, too, because a lot of the old world people were storytellers. And it's, you know, you go back to your lineage and you can really see uh, where you come from. But, I mean, the, the Scottish and the Irish both were known for their their storytelling. That's one of the biggest things that you, you think of other than them being drunks, of course, which I don't necessarily <laughs> agree with, but they weren't drunks. They just partied a lot. <laughs> a lot of things to celebrate, you know, birth. Oh, there and you go. Yeah. And victories. <laughs> <laughs> so storytelling, it, it's something, you know, I connected with you with for uh, beyond reason. You know, it's something that I think all three of us share. Um, how old were you when you started storytelling? Um, I have a drawing that my mom um, uh, gave me. I have actually. I should. I wish I had it here. I could show you guys. Um, I was three. My sister was just born. And uh, I drew it on the back of one of those uh, cardboard inserts that keeps a T-shirt flat. Um, and it's done in crayons, but it's my whole family. And uh, that, I think, um, because because I got so much attention as a three-year-old for that, um, that just fed it. You know, every time I drew something, um, my entire family was very uh, supportive of, of my drawing uh, habits at three. And so it just grew over time. Um, so I've always been an artist. I've always drawn. I've always, um, man, I, I, it's funny. Uh, it, this is a, something that nobody knows. Uh, back in the day, um, uh, 
fourth grade maybe fifth grade maybe fifth grade uh a game called uh came out called dungeons and dragons and <laughs> people are like oh D D, you've got to try this you know and i played you know a game with my cousins once and um it was fun i had a, had a good time but i didn't like the story and so right. i said i let me try i'm a, i'm a kid i'm a young kid with my older cousins and stuff i'm like I want to try. I want to do. Uh, I want to be the DM, the you know, dungeon master. And um, man, I got some creepy thoughts, man, because <laughs> they were terrified and they didn't know what to do. And I was walking them in and out of time portals and things. And I, I love that. I'm like, wow, I've got complete control, and they're listening. I have a, a, an audience that really wants to hear what I'm, I'm telling. So I would plan out what's going to happen overnight then for the next day and we would play and uh, me and my friends would play in high school and yeah so you know i think i really started to gain a, a strong passion for stories and that people actually liked what the way my brain worked you know i probably in the fourth or fifth grade so yeah that's being honest right there that's uh dungeons and dragons i guess that's what did it because that's embarrassing to it to admit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like like even with any artist, there's always some sort of geek hiding behind the storyteller. You know? Oh yes. I mean, you have to. I think anyone who's like, oh, he's a storyteller. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true. That is true. And uh, behind every geek is uh, the spirit of someone that looks like Thor. <laughs> so and who doesn't like that guy or girl you're like yeah you know <laughs> it's funny we i think you know as a storyteller myself even when i was little i always would put myself into a story and then you know i would be the hero and mm-hmm. that's pretty much what you're saying right there is we would be the god the hero the legend and I think that's something that uh, in today's society, a lot of kids are losing. You know, that's uh, that's something I agree with. Um, my son just turned 15 um, yesterday. Yesterday. Wow. And uh, I got him comic books, graphic novels. I'm like, here's something I don't think you have. And he's he's in there right now reading them. He He's very <laughs> much so in love with these graphic novels so it makes me feel good because i know that's where i would bury myself right that's awesome especially since like like just graphic novels or reading or even doing the art is a great uh way to not only express yourself but it's a really safe way uh to kind of get away from from the world that it is today that we have today you know it's like it's it's a way to escape it is in a and safe way. <laughs> no, it is. It's super. <laughs> it's super safe. You're not getting in any trouble. Um, but man, some of the things you can learn about quantum physics through a comic book. Oh yeah. You know it, the. You know before. You know a lot of people skip Carl Sagan, but they'll read a comic book and they'll go, "What is this uh, tesseract he's talking about?" And then you dive into a little quantum history and you go, "Oh my gosh, that's crazy." it's real you know it brings Mm -hmm. things to life concepts and and other things like that it's just it's amazing what what you can learn yeah absolutely um 
Well, since we're on the story, the subject of stories, um, you're releasing a new book uh, coming up really soon. So I couldn't remember the title from Beyond Reason. So I wanted to give you a chance to tell Eric a little bit about your story and uh, you know when it's going to be released and all that. Right on. Yeah, I'll 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 definitely simplify it this time. Last time I was just all over the place. So, <laughs> um, the, the name of the book is Semblance Anon. And um, it, there's so much to be said in that title. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's kind of like the reveal is right there in front of your face. <laughs> but it's not because it, it's so vague. And um, uh, I, I wrote it as a short film. And uh, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, Stephen Radford, uh, he's a, uh, I call him a genius. Um, he is a uh, an author and uh, a musician and um he, an artist and a designer and he does everything he, li- he lives over in the uk and um we're very tight we've been to uh, i feel like i feel like he lives here but i know he doesn't you know it's like we do uh video conferencing and stuff and we talk a lot but he read the uh the screenplay and went the short film is awesome it needs to be a novel and i said no well, i don't i've got you know a thousand kids i don't have time to write a novel and he's like, I do. I have two kids. So <laughs> let me uh, <laughs> let me give it a spin. And he converted this uh, this really cool short film and he developed it into something um, I, I cannot describe. I will tell you this. It's my story. It's Stephen's description of my story. And I've read it so many times on each time I read it, there are certain scenes, my eyes water and my, I get goosebumps because there's just an element to it. There's something in it that you can't find in a lot of other sci-fi books. And it's not science fiction just to be science fiction. It's, um, it's not star Wars or anything like that. Um, it's really just about the future, you know, uh, 800 years in the future, what that might look like, you know, uh, you know, uh, the United States and, and other countries, France and, and Ireland have, have started to try and colonize, but man, it is a failure. It's next to impossible to live on another planet, but they go ahead and they force it to happen and they make people live here. And it's hard. It's a hard life. It's like taming the wild west all over again. And, um, and the gist of the story, and I, I give it away all the time, but no one will understand it until you read the last few pages. Uh, it's about true love. What is true love? And what is it to feel love or to be loved and to be able to love back? It's like there's there's such a, a profoundness to love, and we skip it all the time. And this is not a romance by far. This is definitely not a romance, but what you know people say i love pizza and then in the same sentence they say and i love you too i love you and pizza so you <laughs> love me equal to pizza pizza doesn't <laughs> love me back it gives me heartburn you know so you know let's... one way it's loving you back if it gives you heartburn <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough love yes but you know what is love and so we just we break it down we tear it apart and then we rebuild it in a way that is, um, I think it's somewhat 
beautiful. I think it's a very cool, um, for a first novel, um, uh, for, for me to be my first novel, this is not Stevens. And, um, I don't know. I'm pretty stoked. Uh, like I said, we just rewrote a whole bunch in it, uh, to, to make it smooth, to make it smoother and to make sure that we get our point across. Steven, he's very meticulous, but it'll be out. Um, I keep saying in a few weeks, I've said that for a few weeks, but <laughs> a lot of things have happened. Coronavirus, hurricanes. I mean, we're, we're, uh, battling our day by day, but, um, I, I think I see it being done in about seriously. Um, uh, no later than uh august like the end of august so okay and i can't i can't wait for it to be out i am so excited i want i want people to read it and i want them to go what what did you do you can't do that but we did so yeah so what was the uh the process like for writing that novel like how much i know you said you gave it to him he kind of did his thing right. uh how much say did you have in it after that, after you read it that first time? And this is, this is the magic of this because my time is, uh, I'm, I'm really caught up in doing many, 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 many things. So it was me writing this story and Stephen going, I'll get back to you when I have the first round done. And he wrote the entire thing and it took uh, maybe six months, if I remember right. And he sent it to me and I read it and my wife, Jen was sitting next to me as I was really reaching certain parts and she saw tears in my eyes. And I'm just like, man, I'm choking up over my own story, but it's, <laughs> it's because Stephen made it. He made it a novel. He, he gave characters life. He brought new characters in that didn't exist, but he kept all the things I had in place. He knew how important it was. Uh, you know, for some of the creatures that live on this planet to exist. And they knew how much research I had done to make sure they were legit. Like this was not, these are not made up creatures. These are things that used to exist on earth. So I've, I've brought to life some things that people don't even know ever existed. And, um, and a few other things. And uh, so it was a, he would say, what do you think? And then I would go back to him and i would say oh this is great what about this or i'm not sure about this there was only one one time where i'm like and i can just tell you a character drops a weapon and i'm like wouldn't another character try and grab that weapon and we went back and forth on it and he finally was like yeah i don't think so <laughs> i don't with everything that's going on, I think the weapon just lays dormant. It It's on the ground and everyone's just trying to get away. And that's all I'm going to say about, uh, you know, revealing anything. But we went back and forth on the gun. Who's got the gun? Who's got the weapon? You know, what's going to happen? And, you know, so, but yeah, uh, the say, the say was pretty much, I gave him my blessing and said, make this real. You know, I want... I can make it real uh, in, on on the screen. I'm a I'm a director, you know, and and so I can bring it to life by getting my actors to perform with the emotion and the the words that I need to have happen. But man, he can make it happen without there being any actors. It's all in your head, and he makes you cry, and he makes you laugh, and he gets you excited whenever 
the good guy has finally figured something out and it's just like yeah man it's like he's a very good writer so i gave him my blessing and he pretty much just ran with it nice it's hard to work with somebody um Eric and I have talked about co-authoring a book together and you know I've talked to other <laughs> authors that have either done it or want to do it and you know they're really afraid you know what the process would be like and stuff so it's awesome that you guys made it a seamless process uh, Eric has worked with somebody to redo one of his scripts from a short to a full and you know I, I think they bumped heads a little bit for the, for the most part but the story still stayed alive um, so it, it's, I, you know, I haven't talked for Steven to Steven for years, but I remember him being a great guy and, you know, I don't think oh, yeah. that he would ever lead you down the wrong path. So I think that that's something you have to really know the person in order to, to take that journey with them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I told Steven once, uh, if, if not several times probably after a few bourbons uh i've told him <laughs> if i ever needed to renew my vows that he would be my best man because that's how close he is to me he's the only person that has stuck through um a lot of the changes that i've gone through and he's been a constant true um unconditional loving friend like he really just gets it so Everyone else either bugged out on me or they got excited and or they wanted me to unfriend people. And I just said, hey, I'm starting from scratch, went through some life changes. But Steven always stayed. He didn't he didn't manipulate. He just wanted to be my friend. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is. is cool. I mean, especially it's... how people are today, like I know, got so right? many friends, you know, it's like you, you spend two years with them. I. I lived in Atlanta for two years and it's like, I was around people all the time that I went to graduated from school with in Virginia. Mm -hmm. I left last August. I left. Uh, and that was it. Don't get any messages, no texts. I got to call them, <laughs> reach out. I'm just like, it's just, it's, this shouldn't be a one way street. Yeah. You know, like, why don't you guys? I, I know. And you know, I think a real friendship is the kind that, um, if I don't call for a year, but then I call the day after a year and they answer the phone and nothing has changed. You know, you got a good friend because sometimes, sometimes you need a break from yeah. all the, the stuff that's going on. And, you know, you're trying to settle yourself and grow. Like we, we reach these plateaus, these level up moments and we need a chance to level up, you know, so that we, we can now bring people back into our lives again. I've, I've had to erase the board a couple of times. And I think that's what happened with you and I, you know, I, I think we both mm -hmm. kind of erased the board and then, uh, I'd found you on Facebook again cause you had joined Facebook again. And, um, <laughs> then we connected through the podcast, uh, group that we, that you had put the, uh, post in. So it's something that I feel that, you know, friends come in and out of our lives, but the true ones will either stay there or be back. Exactly. It, and there should be no condition on friendship. And it was funny. Uh, yeah. I remember when, when uh, I got the request and I'm like, Oh yeah, judge, I gotta, I gotta just let them know. <laughs> I accept man. Absolutely. 
but there's not there's so much going on i don't even know where to start you know once you've told your your change story to 20 people it's then you're like oh, i'm exhausted i need to get this printed on a t-shirt so people can just <laughs> read it you know here it is here's what happened to me and i'm back you know so but then yeah the podcast group there you were you're the first one you're like dude we should have you on our show and i'm like <laughs> Oh my God, I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something that I told you on, on Beyond Reason. You know, Paratruth came about from, you know, we started with Night Stalkers. Uh, we parted ways. Eric ended up completely obliterating Night Stalkers on Parax because he was still a part of Parax at the time. <laughs> he let me hear the, the uh, obliteration of night stalkers and then um you know later on down the road i'm like you know we're not neither of us are doing podcasts anymore are you ready to start and he's like yep absolutely and uh, we kind of blended the two um shows together not just Mm -hmm. by our thoughts but the name his was uh forgotten truth radio mine was parasite radio and it became paratruth radio so um you know uh... Good. Uh, and uh, I was just want to say that's just, it's a beautiful thing to hear uh, to hear a story where two people, you know, are are willing to do it again. They're like, OK, you know what? Let's do this together. This could be cool, you know, and let's test it out. And it's just like co-authoring. You know, it's the same thing. You have to choose your role. What is my role going to be? You know, and um, I think it's the same thing uh, with with shooting any of the videos that I shoot here. Um, I have a, a cameraman. I, I don't want to just call him a cameraman. He's, he's also a producer and a director and I'll be in the middle of something. He'll go, you know, don't you think we should get a hero shot here? Because I'm like, ah, dude, you're so right. You know, <laughs> uh, if you, if you constantly are controlling, then you're showing somebody only one side of a piece of paper and mm-hmm. you know there's two sides and it's good to, sh- to 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 let it shine and it seems like that's what you guys are doing here with uh paratruth so i commend you both well thank you well, i was gonna say i think like in terms of like you, you saying that you just it's good to have that door open for especially creatively you know like you have your your camera guy who's also a director he has obviously has insight he has he has his own artistic view on things uh i've worked with so many people over the years uh on various movies and tv shows who they're so power hungry like i've worked with directors who whose dp will be like oh this shot doesn't work can we do this and they just glare at them yeah yep. oddly oh long i've time. been there and i've been like, there yep it's a good shot why the director is not going to even take it you know or even consider it is just beyond me um but i like i've always worked i've gone to la to film a few things and when i work with directors out there when i'm as an like as an ad even you know i some of these guys are close to me too but they'll be in the middle of a shot and i'll be like as an ad hey what if you did this right and they'll stop thinking about it like dude that's yeah let's do that I think you know you're working with a really professional and well-rounded person when they can take another idea and go, I think that one's better than what I was thinking. Or or admit, I had no idea where we were going with it. So, you right. know, <clears throat> that's cool. Well, I'm going to make you tell your beliefs again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll send you the T-shirt. <laughs> 
Because, <laughs> you, you know, when you were on Ghostology, you were kind of where I am now. Um, when you left Ghostology, you kind of had a blending of what Eric's thoughts were when he started Forgotten Truth and where I was. And now I think uh, you made a good point on Beyond Reason, and I'll let you share it here, is that, you know, going through forgotten truth like eric did and then coming to paratruth he's he's grown in his faith as much so much so that he's got an even different perspective when he first came back to christianity so i wanted you to share where you were and where you are so there's there's many facets to where i was um you know um, but I can uh, I'll, I can focus on the on the paranormal, and I think I think Justin probably is aware of some of the other um, venues that I had fallen into as well. There there's a lot, man. There's a lot of stuff out there that people don't talk about. A lot of underground um, mm-hmm. communities, and um, yeah, I definitely I think uh, I think one of the things that happened. Um, to me, um, I've always believed in God. I've always believed in Jesus. I have, uh, I've raised in a Christian household that will never change. That has never changed. Um, what, what did happen though, um, was getting completely wrapped up in the paranormal community and only that take that take on, uh, on, on, uh, spiritual gifts on uh psychicism um or on uh you know medicinal healings and you know what is uh what is a witch and what is a ghost and what is an angel and what is a demon and what are like we were saying what are the nephilim and 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 why 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 is it important um, it's not a salvation question, you know, it is just salt and pepper to something you already know is steak, you know? So it's like, it's the extras. Uh, I can sit with any Christian and I can tell them, you know, that I do not believe in a, uh, left behind rapture. Um, and only because I have had unsex, uh, unsuccessful, um, attempts at people trying to prove it to me. And it's so scattered and all over the place. I mean, I could piece together my own weird, you know, take on something. So um, I don't necessarily fall prey to other people's um, pulpit uh, notions and and concepts without it being an easy thing, because I don't believe God made it difficult. If it's hard and you got to piece it together like a puzzle, then I don't think that's right. And that's just my personal opinion. But at one point, I got so wrapped up in the the mysticism and the excitement of, you know, did you get a shadow person in that shot? Or, you know, what is that EVP? And it was all EVPs and it was all shadow people like for 10 years, you know, <laughs> and after a while, that's it, man. That's all you got. That's that's <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm not going to buy it. Uh, I There's something else now. Yeah, there's something going on. But I have never said that there's a ghost here. I've never said that I believe in ghosts. And that's been my mantra all throughout my life. And that's been one of the things that has either pissed off other paranormal uh, people or 
has uh, wanted them to debate me on it. I'm like, I'm not going to debate. I'm just going to tell you, you can't change what I feel, what I believe to be true. And I don't believe uh, that it's necessarily 100% Uncle Frank walking down the hall every night, closing doors and moving, you know, the silverware around. I, I believe it could be something else. Sure, I admit something is taking place, but I'm not going to call it a ghost. And with that in mind, I did all of this crazy research over my time um, in the community on ghosts. What is a ghost? What do people, you know, when was the first one uh, documented in, in, in detail? And that was in, in England, um, I believe. And, um, and breaking down, you know, when did all this really start? And who's behind what? And <clears throat> I started uh, I started going back into the Bible. I read the Quran. I read uh, uh, Shintoism uh, books that they don't really have like a you know a, a Taoistic holy book of everything. But you know, I I dove into all the religions. I'm like, let's do it. You know, from you know Wiccan to uh, you know even uh, uh, Satanism. You know. Let me learn this. The first thing I learned uh, that surprised me was um, uh, a guy, a really good friend of mine. He's a Satanist. Okay. And I'm like, so, you know, what is it like to worship the devil? And he just flipped out on me. <laughs> I don't worship the devil. I don't even believe in the devil. And I'm like, oh, that's a devil worshiper. Got it. Well, let me. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions here. A lot of. Well, people there think, is. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I, I went through a lot of stuff, but my problem was throughout that entire stint of my life, uh, 10, 10 plus years, I completely uh, lost focus on where did all of this originate. But eventually at the end of that, I met my wife, Jen, and she's the one that said, where did this all start? And I'm like, well, it's been going on forever, you know, ever since uh, God made Adam and blah, 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 you know. The angels fell and they, and she's like, oh, okay, well, that's regurgitated. Why don't we look <laughs> into it? And so that's, that's when everything came to light uh, for me. It was a, a complete uh, revitalization of what, what is um, God and what is love and what is it that Jesus was talking about and who was Jesus and who were the angels. And like I said on uh, Beyond Reason was, you know, if I ask someone on the street to draw me an angel, they're going to draw a beautiful lady with wings and a harp, and a halo. But all the angels in the Bible are men and or at least masculine names. And when they show up, the first thing they say is fear not. Do not be scared. I've got something to tell you. I know you're terrified right now. And. Why would they say that if they were these, you know, hot chicks with hearts? I just, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I think, I think we all got it wrong. I think there's something else going on. And so I dove into, uh, the whole spirit, uh, filled Christian side and yeah, I'm talking Benny Hinn. I'm talking, let's take a look inside all the, I mean, I examined the whole other, as we were saying, like two sides I, I examined the whole paranormal um take on it but i wanted to flip that piece of paper over and let's look at the other stuff and where did this come from and then i learned um 
man, I learned so many crazy things. Uh, we took a uh, uh, one of those Bible study. It's not a Bible study. It's a tra- learn the real translation of the Bible, the um, hermeneutic, um, contextual, you know, who was being talked to, by whom, why, and when, and what was the purpose. So it wasn't like you're getting any uh, spiritualness out of the out of your reading you're just learning that oh wait a minute so jesus is talking to the pharisees one minute saying the entire place is going to crumble beneath your feet and he turns around to walk towards an olive tree and all the apostles run up and say when is the world going to end and i'm like that's an odd transition <laughs> you know he just told these guys that their entire city is about to crumble and no knuckleheads are going to go hey tell me about the end of the world you know (laughs) it so the translation isn't world it's it's the the perspective land so they're still talking about the city and the pharisees and i'm like oh that's not even about the end of the world like we've been told it's not the end of the world it's the end of their land the end of their city and and the the land that the city is built on that's what he was talking about everything's going to crumble in, uh, on that on that property so it's a property line sort of translation and that changed a lot and then i started um seeing things happen now i'm never going to say benny hen is is the real deal all right i mean i've seen i've seen enough stuff and just like uh, in any in any place, there are charlatans. There are people that are, uh, and I'm not saying he's that either. I'm just saying I, I've seen a lot on both sides, if we're going to choose sides here. But I decided something recently in the past couple of years, that, and Jen and I are both right there on it, that there are no sides. It's the same spirit. So you're either psychic or you're a prophet. You know, okay, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, very equal to, you know, someone giving you this same information at a tarot reading. Um, I'm not saying that they're type, they're tapping into the Holy Spirit, but I am saying that they're tapping into the spirit world where a lot of information is just sitting there. And if we ask for it, we can find it. And I do believe that. And I, I've noticed that it happens. So I found a lot of the uh, uh, mirrored versions of each other. You know, I've heard uh, Christians call them themselves the authentic. And I've heard them talk about the paranormal world as the counterfeit. And I've heard the paranormal world talk about Christians as cuckoos. And, <laughs> you know, and I've even heard the paranormal people call each other chingaling and, you know, <laughs> you know nutcase. And, other, you know, it's just so they're. <laughs> I think it's 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 all the same, but I think whenever you're doing it um, only through the Holy Spirit, that you will get a cleaner, more um, realistic, and very much more trusting uh, message, I believe. And um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I I went through this whole journey, went out to California, I had to go to some of these big churches and see what happens, and um, learned a lot and i had an actual transformation of myself 
And I decided to let go of all of the darkness that I was involved in. I was really, uh, I was in a hole. I was in a uh, very deep uh, hole and I thought there was no way out. I really honestly thought that was it, man. I, I had built, Justin may have been observing. I have no idea what you know or what you <laughs> believe about me, but I had built an empire and I threw the keys into the ocean. I said, uh, I don't, I don't want this empire, but then I was scared. I was going to turn around and, you know, Jesus wouldn't have me back. God wouldn't have anything to do with me. And I turned around, he's standing right there, right in my face. And he's like, I never left, man. You just needed to turn around. That's all. So it all worked out. And now I'm the happiest guy in the entire universe. I've got a baby that'll be here in four weeks. Uh, this will be the third that Jen and I have together. And very excited that uh, little Atlas will be here, man. He's coming in with a lot of weight that the world, you know, is giving him to put on his shoulders. But I know he's he's going to be the man for it. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell, I think. I might have skipped over a bunch of stuff, but... <laughs> Well, I think There's this is lot. like the heaviest year a baby can be born, 2020. I mean, Atlas I is definitely a uh, good name for him. Yeah, we thought so. We thought, oh, what does this world need? Oh, they need an Atlas. So he's coming. Well, that's awesome. That's a really cool story. And I'm glad uh, I'm actually, it's weird to say it, but it's like, I'm glad you went through it. You know, because I know that's a yeah. tough thing to go through uh, for a lot of people. Um, but ex having those experiences and always questioning, you know, what is real, what isn't it, and where do you fit in it all? You know, that's mm -hmm. that's a scary thing, place to be. Uh, so I'm glad you came out on the other side and found the truth. Me too, Eric. You have no <laughs> idea. Like, and 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 I still go. Um, I go. Uh, I wouldn't call it a ghost hunting. I wouldn't call it paranormal research or investigating or looking for evidence um but i live in savannah georgia probably the one of the most haunted cities in the united states mm -hmm. and so uh any chance i get uh i'll bring some cameras in and that's all just cameras and we just sit around and see if we feel anything or if any anything happens you know um, I'm not looking for evidence. And what's funny is I think I get more of a response that I don't go in with all this, you know, electron electricians gear and stuff. Right. I'm not looking for, you know, fuse boxes and I'm, I just want to go in and keep my eyes open, my ears open, but more importantly, I want to keep my, uh, my radar open to see if, if I feel anything, if I feel, you know, any different. And uh, I do notice, uh, and I've got videos I, I could send you guys. Um, there are, they actually air them on my uh, on our morning show, Morning Break, uh, every once in a while, if they're good. Um, one of them, a chair moves behind me, which is kind of kind of weird, very strange. That's crazy. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't know it happened. That's the best part. So I'm sitting there. I keep going. I'm just still talking. And uh, the IR camera picked it up, but I'm like, yeah, you know, I heard something behind me. I have no idea what that was. Hopefully we will have an idea later. And I didn't even look at the footage for six weeks because, you know, I'm busy working. So one day I just popped it open and I'm like stunned at what I see. I'm like, that is nuts. But uh, yeah, it's fun. You know, I like to go in and yeah, remember 
old me a little bit, but I don't, I'm not looking for anything anymore. I already, I've already figured it out. So, so they don't, they can't really impress me much anymore. Like I've, I've done the same thing. And the one thing that I, I've come away with that I've noticed is whatever the spirits are, whoever they are, uh, they almost seem to be more, uh, make themselves more available when you're completely ignoring them. Oh yes. You know, they, they, it's, it's like when you reach out to them, they're purposely going to back off and be quiet. But when you're just sitting there, they're like, Hey, let me, let me get his attention. Let me see what I can do here. You know? And, uh, Savannah, like what I lived in Savannah for seven weeks last, uh, July, the end of June, all the way through August. Oh, wow. Uh, and I was in Midtown is where I was living. Uh, one of the historic homes over there. And that is a weird place to be. That's like, where I live. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, and it's like, there's just so many things happening in that house when I'm just watching TV or like the TV, there wasn't any real TV. It was just like Netflix. That's all I had for seven weeks. So yeah. most of the time I'm just reading a book in the living room and all of a sudden there's like knocking on the wall. There's, I hear footsteps upstairs. I'm like, mm-hmm. It's just crazy. It's nonstop. And I, you know, I, who, who really knows what it is, but you know what I do know? There's something. Mm-hmm. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. The funny thing is, um, my wife and I just moved into a new home, and the first thing I am doing is I'm like, okay, there's nothing here. I can't feel anything here. I don't, there's no any, no weird smells or anything like that. Um, so the room that I record in has only a lock on the main door. Then I have a little closet that has a lock on the inside. And we're like, what? the hell was this room used for what is going on in this house um uh, but that, uh, that, that's the perfect room for a two-year-old <laughs> <laughs> well we're like you know was somebody abused here locking you know the abuser out you know was this like maybe a storm shelter or a bomb shelter um hmm. but um I I think the first thing I looked at my wife when we first moved in, I'm like, I don't 
I don't feel anything here. I don't think there's anything here. And we really haven't noticed anything other than the dog who doesn't like coming down the back stairs because we have stairs that go to our backyard from downstairs. Um, He does not like coming down the stairs. He will whine and complain until you're like, get down these stairs. So (laughs) I don't know if it's just he doesn't like those stairs. I don't know if he's sensing something, which, you know, we could have a completely other conversation about pets and, and sensing stuff too. But that's something that I think <laughs> you're, you're always coming from the paranormal field. You're always looking at like, is this house weird? Like it does something feel weird about this house. Um, and I, I think it's something that you point, you pointed out, you know, a lot of these teams, whether they're on TV or not, um, you know, they'll see the, the fancy equipment on TV, you know, they'll see the other teams. Oh, you know, they just got the completely ultra light <laughs> metromorphic <laughs> camera that will pick up any freaking thing in the universe. Um, but they'll sit and catch absolutely nothing for eight hours or however long they're at a location. Um, and I, I think that going back to basics, I mean, your, your basic camera, your basic, uh, audio recorder and not asking anything. I think that's a really good way to go about it because we've gotten too far away from, uh, what we're actually looking for and worrying about what something is going to pick up. Well, I, I agree. And I will say, uh, two things. You know, you're in a house and you're wondering, oh, this house doesn't feel, I don't feel anything. Um, I am from the uh, school of thought that um, these uh, spiritual beings are not attached to a house. Oh, right, right. They attach themselves to you and they will, they'll hang out with you if if there's some sort of an assignment that they can focus Mm -hmm. on. So I... You know, I you can be in a house that's brand new and there'd be stuff going on. That was one of the first houses I ever quote unquote investigated. It was a new house and that place was nuts. Like some of the stuff that, you know, I would call evidence back then was enough for me to keep me going. And maybe that was the whole idea. They just wanted to keep me going and I fell for it, you know, but (laughs) I live in a uh, hundred and twenty year old home in midtown on 38th street and um it's beautiful and i will tell you the house is nothing like what what it was when it was built we have no idea where the front of the house really really was these stairs look like they've been turned two or three times um the attic has been turned into a uh you know a loft so we can see the old attic door we can see old places where there used to be doors we have no idea, but I can tell you one thing. Those spiritual beings know that they're not welcome in this house, so we don't have any. It works out pretty nice. I think it's all about your intention, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you guys, I'll, I'll see you guys at somebody else's house, but you're not coming <laughs> over here on my property, not unless you bring in a bottle of bourbon, you know, that is it. <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, a lot of people, they just don't realize how easy it is to open themselves up 
to the spiritual world or the spiritual attack even or hauntings. Right. And I, I can't tell you like how many people have reached out to us or just even on TV, you know, they're like, Oh, there's, we moved into this house. This haunting started. I had enough after about five months and we moved to a new house. It was all fine until three weeks later and the hauntings, and they followed me. And I said, well, yeah, yeah, because that's all they're doing is following you. The house, you go back to the other house and ask the people who moved in, I'll bet it's clean. You know, the oh, house yeah. that I grew up in was haunted. My parent or my, uh, my mother, uh, Justin's father, they grew up in the house that I grew up in. And that was haunted when they were kids. And it was very much haunted when I was a kid growing up. I moved, we moved across city uh, when I turned 18 and it came with us. And my cousin, Justin's brother, moved into the old house and they haven't seen anything. Yeah, see, and there you go. That's just that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, something I tell people, you know, you can open yourselves up to anything very easily. And they say, well, well, really? Why is that? And I'm like, the majority of the world believes that we are not flesh and bone, but they believe that we have a spirit. We have a soul. We have we're a spiritual being with a um, <laughs> with a puppet a natural flesh and bone puppet that we're we utilize on this planet but most people believe that there's something else after that and because we of that and because my belief is that we are spiritual beings um it's super easy to connect with the spirit world if we want to because that's what we really are essentially you know mm-hmm. yeah so call I, it what and- you want yeah yeah, I, I think people uh, always want a label on things. And that's, yeah. unfortunately, uh, where a lot of the, the paranormal activity shows come from is because, you know, people are searching, but they, they don't have answers. They're looking for answers. And I, it, we, Eric and I, have seen a shift from the time we started to the time now that you know the explanation of what it is that's that we're seeing is i think done a complete 180 first it was you know ghosts uh aliens bigfoot uh you know they were all separate and now a lot of people are coming out and saying no you know it's it's maybe more like multidimensional entities or, uh, you know, it's something that's one in the same or it's something that's evolving with what our beliefs are. So, yeah, right. Exactly. And I love the, the multidimensional, you know, (laughs) multiverse, uh, belief system because I think they're right. I think there is a multiverse and, for me, that's like, well, that's the obvious. Yes, they are <laughs> <Right>. multi <laughs> multiverse creatures, you know, or, or, or beings. I, I don't even know. But I don't think we're ever going to know. And I don't and I people hate when I say that. And I say <laughs> I don't think we'll ever get it on video like a real. <laughs> Ooh, look, we got it. You know, we have right. the, the proof. There are so many cell phones now with so many different aperture rates and so many di- different diaphragms on the microphones that you know i i don't even i don't even try anymore uh, i would rather spend all that money like i said earlier on bourbon <laughs> and this portion of the show is brought to you by bourbon <laughs> and the letter b <laughs> yes and w whiskey 
<laughs> it's all good. <laughs> I'm making everyone thirsty now. <laughs> well, Brian, we are getting close to the end of the show, so I wanted to give everybody a chance to tell you uh, where they can find you, when the book is going to come out, uh, the title again, all that great stuff, where they can find the book. Right on. So uh, the book is Semblance Anon. It'll be uh, on Amazon. Uh, we have decided to self-publish. Uh, we, I'll explain all of that. Uh, I think I said it on the other show. So uh, you want to listen to that one if you want to find out why we're <laughs> self-publishing. But uh, it's Semblance Anon, and uh, that's Stephen Radford and Brian Byers. And you can find me on Instagram at a break with Brian. That is me, a break with Brian. I am uh, all over the place doing all sorts of things from hot air balloon rides to uh, going to state parks to uncovering history. Uh, that's what I like to do. So, And other weird things. I draw a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brian Byers, thank you for being on Paratruth Radio. Thank you, guys. I had a blast. There are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. Go. I, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. All right, folks. That was Brian Byers, author of Semblance Anon. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, and uh, you can find him on Instagram at a break with Brian. I will leave a link in the show notes. And uh, I will definitely make sure that we let you guys know when the book is out. Um, sure. Great guy great guest um what are some of your final thoughts on what he had to say about the stuff that we usually talk about uh <clears throat> i mean you know it's one of those things that like it's always got your mind ticking and thinking about not only the stuff that we normally talk about and the stuff we research um but where exactly or why exactly we're even researching those things you know uh, for example, as you know, I've been reading through um, a couple of books. One is called The Black Arts, uh, getting an idea of different types of quote unquote black arts. Uh, and it's just a number of different types of beliefs and religions, faiths, you know, different types of uh, so many different things. Like, there's so much <laughs> in my mind right now, like all the things that I've read. It's like, my gosh, some of the stuff I've never even heard of, you know. Um, how like how to use a Ouija board and how that in and of itself is in a way a type of faith or a certain belief that you know extends uh, your own reality I guess um, you know that I've got a 
new history on witchcraft, which I haven't even cracked open yet, but that's going to be happening soon. Uh, but even now, like hearing him say that and thinking about these books that I'm reading, it's like, why am I reading those? And I think for for people like you and I, who are generally, genuinely very curious individuals, especially when it comes to the paranormal, I think it's beyond that. And from you and I, and I'm sure even for Brian uh, nowadays, thinking back to all the stuff he's learned, uh, not only is it a learning experience, but it's a way to help uh, help us conduct ourselves in front of others, especially those who may not have share the same beliefs as us. Uh, you know, when we have individuals on who aren't Christian and are very much against, and we've had those people on mm-hmm. very much against my faith and my beliefs, uh, understanding where they come from, you know, reading the books on their own faith or their own beliefs and knowing it's like knowing them before getting to know them. Uh, you already have an idea of what they believe and it makes a little bit easier uh, to kind of sh- understand their view, but also share yours uh, in the most non-threatening way as possible. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the things from forgotten truth, actually, that I, I remember most you know, talking to uh, a number of Wiccans, witches, uh, who, who would, you know, mind you, I was very much like everything I talked about on forgotten truth was very biblical based all the time. Uh, and I had a lot of people who did witchcraft regularly who were listening and I got some that were really, really negative uh telling me they're going to cast black magic on me and curse me for for my beliefs but i also had a great number of individuals who thanked me when i parted from para x and left forgotten truth for for being the type of christian who actually is willing to talk to them and listen to their side of things and i think that's important you know after everything that brian said i think it's important to, to know where we stand and why we stand there but in order to do that we need to understand everything else too or at least grasp it to some extent um i think it helped you in your in your understanding and faith um and and grow you you know you were newly back into christianity um you accepted it head on with um going going deep into the bible and, and understanding a lot of that stuff um you know going to school for for um the religion. the Christian yeah religion stuff yep. and um you know mixing all of that together I think that really helped you come to where you're at now which formed Paratruth Radio um sure. and uh it, that's something that I really saw in Brian that he had kind of done a 180 from where he was to where he is now and I saw very similar things between the two of you that's why I wanted him on Paratruth Radio because I think you're you're i'm sure you have some disagreements about the stuff that he believes but you also see the stuff and it's like well yeah i guess i can see that too right well i mean and i think that's one thing that having this show has done for both of us because mind you i mean you remember when we had uh when it when it was night stalkers how closed off i was when i first oh yeah you know became a baby christian again you know um and I was, I mean, let's be honest, I was rude, guys. I was rude occasionally <laughs> to guests. It was inappropriate. And I apologize uh, to those people in spirit because I, they definitely won't talk to me again. But nonetheless, and I, it's one of those things where I had to grow up and learn 
from my mistakes. And that's what I've done. And I think having this show and I think really being on my own for a while too, mm-hmm. I think, you know, yep. you and I splitting at that one point in time was a good thing for both of us. Uh, not only in getting to better know ourselves as hosts of a show, but also in the type of show and the type of work uh, that we were uh, diving into the research and all that. Uh, but it really made us stronger and more fit for the type of show we have now, you know, and, and it's, yeah. you know, I don't take it lightly. You know, there, there's a lot of, been a lot of change over the years. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. Uh, but I think the biggest thing is that we're very open-minded now. And when you oh, and yeah. I talk to people yeah. all the time and it's always, yeah, like, like I've never turned that. There's been very few times I should say <laughs> that I've turned down <laughs> an idea that somebody had because some, like, there are just some, that are just really crazy. Um, oh, I mean, you've got radicals on both sides. So oh, whether sure. you're coming from I mean, the Christian perspective or the mainstream no, sure, paranormal sure. stuff. I mean, I've, we, I've shared this story on Parachute plenty of times. Uh, and actually, I thought about it when Brian was mentioning uh, Christians. How You know, how there's some radical Christians who are like, you know, it's got to be this way or no way. And then you and I know a few who are like, that's got to be a certain way. And that's it, you know. Uh, nephilim this nephilim that blah 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 and so on and so forth and you know there's one of those times where there was like a post on facebook i don't typically respond to many posts on facebook especially in the paranormal but this one i had to and it was whether or not a symbol in of itself is evil depending on the symbol and i had to chime in as a christian this is a christian uh thread uh, and I chimed in and said, I didn't believe that. I don't think a symbol can be evil. You know, like consider the uh, inverted cross. The inverted cross isn't evil. It actually started with Peter when he uh, decided to be crucified upside down because he wasn't worthy to be crucified the same way that Jesus was. I mean, Peter, yeah, he was crucified. That's horrible. But he's also a Christian. You know, he was one of the first. Um but Hollywood took the idea of that and made it this devil thing where it's upside down. The devil must live there, you know, same with the pentagrams, the pentacles. And we all know that things like the pentacle or the pentagram come from much older religions, mm-hmm. various pagan groups, you know, Wicca um, that have been at one point used in Christianity, the pentacle, for example, um, in particularly to, to be, uh, it was used as a, word like a uh to resemble the wounds of christ you know the five mm-hmm. points being the nails in the hands the feet and of course the crown of thorns uh but that was quickly and eventually just made and pushed away and we adopted uh the crucifix and that's kind of where we stay now but it's just and but you know even then there's christians out there dude like who just they're so against the crucifix and against the cross you know it's an evil thing anything that's a symbol no matter what it is if you're wearing it it's evil because right. the, you know, the cross doesn't mean anything it's it's just evil so it's those are the extremists that are <laughs> extreme <laughs> well <laughs> i think that brings us to uh what our next topic's going to be next time and that mm-hmm. is talismans and and um I think that uh, that raises a very good point, and and we'll get into that more next time with the Talismans episode because uh, we'll kind of delve into 
Uh, you know, is it okay to have the cross, you know, wearing the cross? Is it something that you should not be doing? So, stuff like that. So um, we got a lot of great stuff coming for New Lantern. Uh, speaking of things evolving and shows evolving, uh, New Lantern media has been something that has evolved over the past. How long has it been? Uh, Two five years. years? Oh. Well, I mean, mean, since we since started with. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Uh, six years since Paratruth started. Um, and, you know, we had tried a network once and did not uh, do very well and didn't like where we headed with that. So we've got New Lantern Media, um, four shows right now. We've got Paratruth Radio, Beyond Reason, Crime Crack, and um, Two Girls and a Zoom Potato. Um, actually, they're looking at maybe rebranding the show and I you know, I told them if you're gonna rebrand, do it now because later on down the Before road it, it is not a good idea. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Been there so, too. <laughs> but uh I mean hilarious hilarious show and hilarious dynamic and they'll keep that dynamic, but they wanna change the the way that they're doing things. Um and one of those things is um they don't like doing the video as much as they do just, you know, talking to each other, which Eric and I have been through that as well. And, um, you know, it is one of those things where they're like, well, yeah, we don't like the video. And I'm like, well, that's great because that's more work for Justin. If you, if you have the video, so eliminate the video, that's fine. Um, but yeah, we want to get a lot of new shows up. Um, to on new lantern whether you've got a show uh you would you want to branch out and join a network uh if you've never done a show before uh we'd be happy to bring you on uh walk you through the steps um you know eric and i have had a lot of experience over the past now 12 years of doing podcasting so i think that uh we can walk you through even just some basic stuff and it can't it could be super expensive uh but it doesn't have to be you can start out very simple with a a very uh low budget i guess i'll put it that way so uh reach out to us go just go to newlanternmedia.com click on the contact link and we will get your uh your contact and information. So um, anything further you need to put out there? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, you know what? One thing real quick, just jumping back to, to some of the conversation earlier, I think it's just interesting to share. Um, you know, what's really interesting is that we were talking about expensive equipment in regard to investigating and mm-hmm. you guys got to remember, for those of you who are investigators or are looking into becoming investigators and want to get equipment, I've been there too. Justin's been there. Um, obviously, it's going to cost money. That's the first issue. But the other issue is you're already starting to, like the more equipment you put in, the more likely it is that you're going to uh, start to mess with your own evidence a bit and actually corrupt it. Because when you think about these guys who are on these shows who have all this equipment, mind you, these guys aren't paying for this stuff themselves. They got production companies behind them that are spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars per week to bring this in, you know, bring this equipment in and maintain it and stuff like that. But mind you, when you're walking in, I apologize, you guys hear the dog. My girlfriend just showed up and I got what they're called the Terror Twins, the two her two dogs. That all that noise is what that's gonna be. Um, so I'll make this quick, but when you're doing an EVP or an EMF session, you're walking around the house trying to get EMF and it's constantly going off. 
you got to remember that if you, the more equipment you got in there, the more likely you're going to pick up on EMF. When you got tons of cable running through the living room and you're like, oh, there's EMF. There must be a ghost here. There's cables on the floor with a ton of electricity pumping through. <laughs> you know, so that's something you got to consider too. When Justin said it's good to go bare bones, go back to the way you need, like it should be with just a camera, maybe an audio device, that's it. Maybe not even that, just your eyes, your ears, your, you know, your sense of smell. You'd be surprised at what you pick up on. Maybe you don't catch evidence, but if that's the only thing that you're out for is to catch that one thing that'll get you famous because, hey, I caught the real ghost. You're doing it for the wrong reasons anyway. You know, so, right. I mean, just be careful either way. And personal opinion, don't waste the money. You can spend it on so many other good things. So, Well, I mean, like Brian brought up, you have a most people have a device in their hand that can pick up mm-hmm. video, audio. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you're using a video camera, you've got both right there with you and you're Look, there are if anything, free softwares right. that you can separate if it. Anything you can actually pick up, if I'm not mistaken, um Ghost Stop. I think it's ghoststop.com that you and I actually used to use quite a bit. They have IR setups for phones now. So if you really wanted anything beyond your 4K video camera on your phone, you can always get an IR setup to give you that one extra little bump. And if you're cheap like me and Justin, use the corner of your eyes, guys. Like learn to use mm-hmm. your per- peripheral in pitch black. That's how I, it's weird. That's how I walk around the house. I become very aware <laughs> of my peripheral vision and I can see almost perfectly in the pitch black because of it. Your corner of your eyes pick up IR lighting. So get used to it and you're good to go. You'll see some things you don't want to see shadow wise, but nonetheless, <laughs> it helps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, until next time, where you'll find us, same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.